Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hot D, the officially unofficial podcast for House of the Dragon on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 1, Episode 7, titled Driftmark. Uh, Aaron, uh, another watch or two, what'd you think about it? I still think this is an excellent episode. Um, everything I thought about the other night, I was really pleased. I really even enjoyed... Uh, they honestly threw me there at the end with, uh, you know lane or surviving uh mm, and still yeah. being out in the world because again in the book uh there is you know uh, he's murdered uh everyone agrees it's the C- carl and there is the customary well septon eustace says this and mm-hmm. blah 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 says that and old mushroom he thinks that damon had him murdered to clear the path to blah 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 uh, Mushroom seems like he's a, right a hell of a lot more than I thought he would have been when I started reading this book like three years ago. But <laughs> what everyone got wrong, apparently, is that Rhaenyra um, and Damon were a little bit more, uh, I guess, merciful towards Lenor than it seems like from the book. Uh, and I don't know. I, I said I, I don't know where they're going to go with that. Um, it's really exciting you know, as a book reader when they kind of throw you a curveball like that. Um, I love the Vagar stuff. Uh, I thought that was just truly epic and really, you know, again, keeps wetting my appetite for when the dragons start fighting each other. Uh, they're getting better at better at it. I thought the dragon actual dragon flying was really great. Um, I really appreciated all the character building, the conversations, um, the dramatic work. Uh, <laughs> so everything one th- that they've been doing so well so far. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will say is that, uh, you know, I, I went and, and looked at other people's experiences watching the show. And then I also looked into, um, you know, the, the behind the scenes and making of this. Again, my television's tuned such that and I watched this both times in a very dark room. I didn't have any trouble making out what was happening on the screen, but I will say mm-hmm. it is pretty ugly. And it's pretty washed out and it doesn't look as good. And it seems like it's all just the most egregious day for night shooting you can tell you can tell you, yeah you definitely did they say I, that in the the behind the scenes yeah. stuff because well, I, I don't, i'm it, looking at it and i'm going this is day for night i mean you can see people squinting because it's like high noon out especially like the kids <laughs> uh uh-huh. during those pitch black scenes um you can so there's other there's it's it's really obvious when you start looking for it like they'll have a brightly they're a torch that mm-hmm. is casting no light onto the walls or surrounding people's faces. It's just very <laughs> uncanny and kind of ugly. And you can shoot day for night. It is not impossible um, to do it well, but like they just did it in the worst way possible. And I, I saw a couple of theories about why that might be. Um, 
But shit, maybe before maybe before we get into that, I should ask you what you thought of the episode because this would be a whole other dis- digression. What do you think of the episode? Oh Jim? no, I mean I I largely agree. I think I thought it was a great episode. Uh, I really like, as per usual, some of these just uh, more isolated conversations with people, um, and of course the you know crazy developments at the end. Mm-hmm. And the Vanguard stuff is is fun and sort of exciting, but that's honestly not the thing that gets me going here. Um, yeah, it's more like Otto uh, congratulating his daughter for trying to assassinate the heir to be like that kind of insane stuff. Yeah, uh, that that is not as in your face. I I really love that stuff. So, yeah, this brought a lot of that. Uh, I guess going back to the day for night stuff, I saw some mm-hmm. theories about why, because, you know, people um, some of the the, the pre-production stuff, because this was among, I guess, the first scenes that they shot on on this production, um, which kind of gave an awkward quality to it that I think worked really well for a funeral. Um, but you'll remember one of the very first pre-production shots we saw or I guess production shots we saw was Rhaenyra and Damon standing on a beach at high noon. And that exact same scene was then color shifted to like make it look like it's midnight on a like on a, on a moonless night, um, and a lot of people were looking at other production stills from that. And I guess in the background of some of these shots, you can see like power lines and like security fencing and stuff like that. And the mm-hmm. question, they're, they're, it's like, well, maybe they made it so dark to kind of hide that. I don't buy that. I don't know what the hell's going on. This is the se- this is the second high profile Game of Thrones Miguel Sapochnik episode that's been widely seen as too fucking dark. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not hard to paint out power lines. It's not hard to paint out background fencing yeah. uh, digitally. Um, yeah, I, and again, I have I had the television and the viewing conditions to where it made it to where it wasn't unwatchable. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at some people taking shots at their picture, and it is almost literally a, like a black screen for like minutes <laughs> yeah. of this episode. So like, if you've got a an older LCD that doesn't have very good, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, black, black fidelity, levels. yeah. Right. Or you don't have your stuff adjusted correctly or you're trying to compensate by amping up the brightness. It's going to look washed out and and, and muddy. If you're dealing with like some compression artifacts from you watching it on an app or watching it through a cell, uh, a cable box where a lot of times it it, it kind of fucks up the it just compresses shit. Uh, It's going to look bad and ugly. And I just, I don't know. I don't think there's any excuse. I don't think there's any excuse for it. Like again, it's, it's not unwatchable for me because of my TV and my conditions, but like it should look a hell of a lot better. And it's unfortunate. It's interesting. I don't know why the scene needs to be in twilight here or in what's supposed to be night. I I know they send everybody to bed, but why, why do I have to send everybody to bed? In this scene, couldn't they just kind of jump forward and say, well, we assume everybody went to bed? Well, I mean, it's like, but it, I mean, yeah, a dragon heist taking place at night is is not the problem. It's just that they just decided not to, to, to you We're know, not shoot you at shoot, night. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you, and then that's that's fine, too. You can definitely. But like, you know, the, Nope came out this summer and it has mm. a bunch of night scenes and you can see everything perfectly. Sure. Um, yeah. And even has some day. It even has a lot of day for night, honestly, on Nope. And maybe and I, I remember some people thinking, saying that, like, oh, Jordan Peele, that wasn't the best day for night. But it was light years better than this stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. again, it's I'm not going to harp on this too much. But holy cow, uh, as much as I love Miguel Sapachnik's work and as much as he is just really gifted at shooting action. Whew, night episodes, maybe not as forte. Yeah. 
director can or the cinematographer can only do so much uh, when the director wants to shoot night scenes in the day. But, you know, so it's like they shot this at high noon. Everything was beautifully lit. Like if if you look at the the pre post production stills, Mm -hmm. the pre post production stills, I I don't I yeah, I don't know why they decided to do this to the fight. Like they had they had to make the film look this bad. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, it's it's not like they just slapped a blue filter over. They did a lot more than that. It's 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 like I said, it's unfortunate because it was a huge barrier for a lot of people. Um, and I wanted to talk about that at length so that we don't have to talk about it for the rest of the episode up front. Yeah, luckily it was not a huge barrier for me. Uh, my, my TV handled it fine. I guess my settings are fine. Also, crucially, I had all of my lights off. I was down in the basement. There were no yeah. uh, light sources distracting from the picture. So I got by. Uh, I made do with it. But yeah, it wasn't the best looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, you get the one, the OLEDs, which, which has the superior kind of black levels and uh, light and dark pixel discrimination. So, like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you're set up to succeed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but if you're watching on a laptop or, like oh, I said, boy. an older LED or LCD panel, woof, it could probably probably look pretty brutal at lower resolutions and at, at higher compression rates. Oh, yeah. I remember what his Game of Thrones episode looked like, and it was bad. Very bad, because yeah. I didn't have this yeah, TV The long night. The long uh, night, the darkest night, the um, muddiest night. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, maybe we should get into the recap now. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to split this first scene kind of into two parts, the ceremony and then the post ceremony uh, for Lena's funeral. Uh, during the ceremony, we see that Otto is back as hand of the king. He looks down at his pin uh, lovingly. Uh, Damon is giggling about pure bloodlines and Lena's body is then dumped into the sea, uh, which I I like this whole ceremony here. I mean, ignoring you know all the shots being taken at Rhaenyra and her children, uh, the the ceremony was kind of neat. You know, they they say some words out here on this cliffside and then dump the body into the water. Uh, as I don't know, I assume like go go swim with King Merlin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah talking about the dumping, the, committing the body to the sea, and the uh, her, uh, her 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 progeny, or the she's leaving on shore. Essentially, mm-hmm. the way you'd say in a funeral that you you are survived by blah blah blah. Um, yeah. When you see the funeral, the 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 coffin go to the bottom. You know, there's dozens of others there, so you get the idea that this is a, a family practice that's gone back a while, several generations. Is this a drift mark or high tide? I couldn't really tell. Dude, I think it's supposed to. I, I don't. I, I think it's supposed to be a high tide because that's where everything else takes place. But like that didn't make sense to me because high tide is very new. And there yeah, was like again, dozens bodies. of caskets. So like maybe yeah. high tide was at the place where they just happened to do the funeral uh, uh, custom before. Or maybe they uh, you're supposed to understand that they did go back to Driftmark proper Driftmark actual for this ceremony. And then they transferred everybody. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know, um, but yeah, there were a lot of bodies down there. I I feel like you need to be a little forward thinking with your funeral customs because th- there could be a lot of bodies down there. So many bodies, in fact, that maybe they start to pile up out of the water, and that would be very bad. You know, you get another a few dozen generations out. And now we're talking about, uh, man, how many I, I, I would like to see the calculations lot, on that because yeah. it looked like it's 50, 60 feet deep of water. And, oh, really? Uh, 
I thought, I thought it was so. like maybe 15 where they huh. were dumping, but I could be wrong. And um, you know, when, when people are pumping out yeah, 13 kids. Yeah. 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 A lot of 13 coffins. kids a generation that that water fills up quick. And I wonder like who gets to stay down there. Is it like the Crips of Winterfeld where essentially just the Lord and you know, like the, the, the Royal yeah. family, or do you have trusted advisors and second sons and first cousins and third uncles? Like what, what, what is the cutoff for Valerians getting, getting committed to the deep right here on Driftmark? Probably just um, the Lords and, and ladies. But like I said, I I, I always uh, on the instant ki- uh, cast. It was I got a kick out of the Merlin King getting name checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that tie to the uh, Valerians because uh, just if you skip the instant take, um, you know legend has it that the Merlin King gave the Valerians their driftwood throne that uh, you'll you'll see later in this episode. Um, and there's uh, you know there's a lot of interesting lore. Uh, behind the Merlin King, there's one of my favorite theories of all time. Is is, is Varys a Merlin, a, a mermaid, a merman? Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I I I really like that. I love the priest just staring daggers at Rhaenyra's as he's talking about their blood being pure and never being able to thin, and and Damon giggling. God, it, it's yeah. The, the the children like you know these young children at a funeral like what the fuck is all you know like I it's 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 felt very very true to form all of it. I feel like I know who Corliss' brother is going to side with when it comes down to it. Given the looks he's giving Rhaenyra here mm-hmm. as he's speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I, I have a question about why Damon laughs at the blood never thinning. Is it just an awkward laugh because of like how hard people are going at Rhaenyra's kids here? Yeah, I think it's more of like it's poor form to do anything but like him <laughs> laughing at this guy is kind of like get the fuck out of here you know you're being a little bit too precious with all this and i know i know you're you're talking shit about my niece i don't like it um but i'm not going to take it super seriously so I, that's how i interpret it is i'm only kind of like those aren't damon's kids mm? those aren't damon's kids yeah what Vela and whoever aren't actually Damon's kids. So the bloodline has already been sullied. You think that's uh I mean that's uh that's that's a mildly interesting theory, Jim. You think uh we just got bastards all around? Maybe. It's possible. Yeah. And if I think Damon and Aegon are maybe the only true born children in the whole Targaryen Valerian mm, dynasty. Could be. Could be. We'll see. All right, after the ceremony Aegon is set to marry his sister, I think, which is pretty weird, but not out of line with the Targaryen customs. Targaryen is fuck is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, it, it stop me when you want to talk about this, because I'm just going to kind of bullet point each of these beats in this scene. Um, Laris stares at Allison a lot, and Kristen Cole takes note. Uh Jace and Lena's daughters feel sympathy for each other. One of them is Bela. I don't know the other's name. Do you? Uh, Raina. Oh, geez. That's not helping me. You kidding me? <laughs> Rainier, Rainus, Raina. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, God. A lot of long A sounds in the Targaryen uh, Valerian family tree. Uh, Corlys wants Luke to become the Lord of Tides in the fullness of time, but he's like, no, because that means everybody's dead and I don't want it. Uh, Rhaenys comforts her granddaughters 
and Rhaenyra makes eyes at Damon. Aegon gets drunker. Laenor mourns his sister by standing in the sea, and Carl goes to fetch him. And Viserys invites Damon to return home, but he turns down the offer. And then all the old men and children are sent to bed. <laughs> and that's kind of the the break in this scene here. There's still lots of hot D left to talk about. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now back to Hot D. I want to go back because I know people yeah. ask about the five dragons in the establishing shot here oh at High Tide. Um, here's the best that I can because I, I thought there would be articles to do all this work for me, uh, and there were. I, I didn't. I couldn't find any from like which dragon. So like I, I, I had to. I had to make my best guess. I think the first one that we see uh, fly across the, the, the first one that flies across the camera is Dreamfire. Now, if you listen to the spoiler segment I did like two weeks ago, there is like, um, you know, there, there's, there's this lore fascination of where Danny's eggs came from. Those three fossilized eggs, like how the mm-hmm. hell did some urchin and Essos, you know, get a, get a hold of those. Um, well, fire and blood had some clues that there was a, a, a female companion, Wink, wink. A roommate of a Targaryen princess uh, that kind of got in a spurned lover situation and uh, decided to to to, to leave because she wanted to go explore the seas. And she said to have stolen three eggs out of the Targaryen hatchery. Uh, and in the same chapter, they mentioned that this Dreamfire dragon is this prolific layer of eggs. Like she's got three clutches to her name, which is pretty rare. Um you know, for, for dragons to be that prolific. And they just mentioned uh, her laying a clutch of three at this lady's uh, home uh, before before she does this. So a lot of people speculated that Dreamfire is is that uh, that the, 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 the mother of these fossilized eggs. And uh, two episodes ago, when we saw this dragon that almost roasted Amond when he was trying to, like, go down and explore, mm-hmm. a lot of people noticed that that dragon's model was essentially a reskin of Drogon and his brother, uh, brothers, Viserion and uh, Rhaegal. Okay. Uh, all the other dragons look distinctively. This thing looks like a spitting image of Drogon. So a lot of people thought Dreamfire, hey, that might be the, you know, that, that might be confirming this theory. This dream, this this dragon that, that, that cruises in front is one of those dead-on clones of Drogon. So I'm going to assume it's Dreamfire. Then the next large dragon in the extreme background is either Cyrax or it could be uh, Meraxes. That's um, uh, I, I couldn't tell the color from that far away, uh, but that would either be Rhaenyra's dragon or mm-hmm. her uh, uh, or Rhaenyra's Rhaenys's dragon. Sorry. Oh, okay. 
then we see Caraxes uh, in the middle distance coming from behind the castle doing his little thing in the air with his weird yeah. legs and stuff. Damon's dragon. Then I, I think Sea Smoke is the large dragon in the kind of foreground closest to the high tide, uh, high tide castle. And then I think we actually finally see Sunfire, the sexiest dragon in the Seven Kingdoms, with his golden scales and his pale creamy wings in on the foreground. Um, okay. And, and so I, I think I think those are all five dragons here. And and it's interesting, Fire and Blood, they say that during this funeral, uh, Drift Driftmark became like Valeria of old. There's so many dragons. It was like the single largest gathering of dragons the Seven Kingdoms had ever known because all the Targaryens, Valerians, everybody came there to pay their respects. So I thought it was kind of cool that it did. Place was festooned with dragons. I wonder what a dragon family reunion looks like. <laughs> Probably just, this. Well, we don't ever see them like hanging out, right? Where do they go? Do they oh, yeah, all like they, congregate in yeah, one place? Do they spread they to the far ends of the island? They play a little horseshoe, little little cornhole. Uh-huh. Uh, get get a couple see, buckets see who of KFC. Can shoot fire the farthest. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, altitude competitions. It's it mm-hmm. gets crazy. It gets crazy. <laughs> Uh, I also want to pay homage or or call out um, Allison's stink eye is mm-hmm. so fucking good in this episode, and she levels some pretty supreme ones at Rhaenyra. Just her look of utter disgust at uh, what's what's going on here. Um, I was uh, kind of in, in, impressed, or that they're still sticking with Jace, you know, kind of being out and proud, or you know, at least to his mother about knowing who his real father is and regretting that he can't be in Heron Hall. Mm-hmm. That seems could be dangerous. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's the whole point. Yeah. Kids, kids don't have the concerns that their parents do for these kinds of things. So, so as promised, uh, Helena. Um, who is, we think, this dreamer Targaryen. Uh, she's saying a whole bunch of crazy shit as she's catching the spider in the shell. Uh, I wrote down, she says, hand turns loom, spool of green, spool of black, dragons of flesh, weaving dragons of thread. Any, any, do you get any, any ideas of what that might mean? Dragons of flesh. I, I want to assume are the Targaryens weaving dragons of thread lineage uh uh ravens i clothes i have no idea dragons of thread the the green and black seems pretty self-explanatory you've got Uh the the greens are the you know loyal to allison's uh the family and the blacks are loyal to rhaenyra's um but yeah, yeah, and then, the, you know, just like uh, a lot of people thought Helena, you know, her prophecy about uh, Aemon when uh, Aemon and, and uh, Alicent are talking about him getting a dragon and Helena mutters that he'll have to close one eye. It seems like that came true, mm-hmm. but also she talked about the last kind of segment of the worm not having any legs. A lot of people thought that might uh, point to uh, Bran, you know, Bran Stark ending up as the the last, you know, kind of king in this cycle. Um I do wonder if like uh, what what uh, what kind of fulfillment we'll see these prophecies have, if any, and if there's any kind of greater lesser fulfillment, if if, if there's a, f- a fulfillment yeah. in this time of the Dance of Dragons and then maybe a greater one in uh, uh, later down on down the line. But yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. something to keep our eye on for sure. Uh, what did you think? What did you think with Laris kind of benevolently, benevolently <sighs> mad dogging Alicent here? 
he's just psychotic. I mean, this is he. <laughs> hmm. I don't know what to make of this guy. He he clearly seems like he has a screw loose. Uh, I, I look at his smile on the boat later when Allison's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to call on you for a favor at some point," and he's just it comes off as unhinged. That's the thing. I never got him being unhinged until like this episode, you know, and he's giving like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, (laughs) like he doesn't have impulse control. Like he's he's gotten a taste of of some kind of importance and some kind of like leverage. And now he just is living on that. Right. Yeah. Just feeding off of that idea that he's now in. Yeah, and it's like, and, and he's not being oh, subtle about it. Like Kristen no. Cole saying, like you know, people. It's it's pretty obvious people are taking notice. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. I thought Luceris was pretty heartbreaking with um, you know Corliss because Corliss is trying to pump him up. It's like you know all this is going to be yours yeah. one day, little man. And he's like, I didn't want it because he's he's a bastard like uh, Jon Snow, and he, they just instinctively reject their birthright because you know they're they're stand up folk. And uh, and he's like, well, it's your birthright, lad. And he's like, well, if, if if I have this, it means everyone else is dead. And like Corliss is not made of stone. He sees that this is profoundly sad for a child to be thinking about these things. I thought that was a nice, nice little touch of these. these literally sweet summer children um, having to face all these terrible things. Yeah, it's a continuation of parents forcing upon their children things that they wouldn't choose for themselves. Um yeah. It makes you wonder why they even do it this way. Why give the succession to someone who isn't interested in it? Yeah. Well, what is the actual importance of blood here? Wouldn't it be more important to give to somebody who actually will do a good job? Although I will say, I think Amond is gunning for it. <laughs> you know, if he weren't the second son here, mm-hmm. he would be right where in his wheelhouse. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, wow. they're they're trapped in systems here. It's not like they, well, this kid, he's sure. in line for it, but he doesn't want it. So, you know, like, I, the, the, the challenge for Lord would be to, like, get him ready to take it anyway. Because if you just start passing people over willy-nilly, the, you know, the, the whole idea of succession is to keep civil wars from happening. Sure. If you have rules that are followed when everything's kind of going well, that's going to cut down on the amount of ambitious civil wars that you, you're going to start. You're not going to eliminate them all because, like I said, when things are going bad, why mm-hmm. the fuck not roll the dice and, and try to, to, to try a civil war? But uh, And when things get complicated in the family tree. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I really like Lenor, you know, really grieving over his sister because he genuinely loved her. Um, I liked a Viserys approaching Damon and, you know, kind of like it's his classic funeral. Like, hey, you know, makes you think how precious life is and how much you can waste waste time easily and regret that. And Damon's not having any of it. He's like, I don't need anything from you. Don't want anything from you. Fuck you. Mm hmm. Uh, may, okay, I, this episode made me think that maybe I'm doing bedtime wrong uh, all my entire life because it doesn't seem particularly late, and yet everybody seems so interested in getting to bed. And maybe that's a consequence of the day for night shoot that it doesn't seem late, but it it turns from day to night pretty quickly. And yeah, d- did people just go to bed at like 6 p.m. back then? I think and like wake up at 3 a.m. or something. I think it's, uh, yeah, in, in days before you had electricity, people went to bed kind of earlier, you know, because if you stay up late, you're burning candles, you're burning wood, that's expensive. 
Um, and like I, I also hear told before the Industrial Revolution or Industrial Age that like humans would kind of sleep in two shifts. Like you would like sleep hmm. for four or five hours and then you'd have like you'd be up for a half hour, an hour. And I guess that's a lot of time. That's when families would get busy, you know, because like your kids are still asleep and it's like, hey, you know, uh, we're going to be up for next. And then you go sleep for another three or four hours. So like the nights kind of lasted longer. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I did think it was weird, although I will say that the it seems like everyone thought it was be it was early to be put to bed. You know, yeah. like the nearest kids are like, what the fuck? The sun just went down. The old mm-hmm. king is the old king. So maybe he goes off to bed just because he's old and cranky and tired. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was hilarious that the old people and the kids are being put to bed mm-hmm. <laughs> by the vital adults. Did you have any thoughts about? Uh... Oh, the other thing is like Otto and Damon still hate each other. Or at least Damon does. Otto tries to do the yeah. right thing and Damon calls him a fat leech and says he's hungry for another meal. Well, does uh, Otto try and do the right thing or is he like sticking it to him? I, I forget ooh. exactly what he says there, but it felt a bit snarky, his comment. Yeah, because Damon stuck it to him right after his lady wife had died earlier in the season. So oh, that could be. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't being like as grossly insulting about it as Damon was. And I uh-huh. think that Otto is big on trying to observe the niceties so he can be like, my lord, I tried kissing his ass and then my lips are rejected. <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah, I, I think that's that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, do you think the king, do you think that Viserys's mind is slipping or do you think it's more of um, he's been aim has been on his mind a lot? Um, we saw him kissing her yeah. ring last episode. Like this is like a, uh, a fond time that he can remember when he was young and healthy and he had a beautiful wife and the pres- the, the promise of maybe healthy heirs and the family all got together and it's before him and Damon's big blowouts. And he's just nostalgic for that time. I suppose it could be that I, I you know, said in the instant take, I, I think he might be losing a step, but he's also got a lot on his mind. So yeah, it could just be that. Uh, otherwise, in this episode, he pre- seems pretty with it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my other question is here. Why doesn't Corliss just go retrieve Lenor himself? I mean, it's his father, for Christ's sake. Go down to the water I, and get him. I, I'm going to confess. I thought that whole interaction was bizarre. Yeah. Why um, would he want to draw attention to Carl in that moment? Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's like Carl, like if you're going to be my son's lover, the least you can do is like keep him on, you know, the respectable path here. I No, I thought it was wild. And like even um, his uh, brother, Vaymond, was kind of like, the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. like you're, you're going to blow up his spot. But yeah, I, yeah. Like your son is grieving over his sister. Mm-hmm. Maybe he should be there comforting his quote unquote children. But like, yeah, why don't you as your dad go down, his dad go down there and fetch him? I, I, I thought that was a bizarre bizarre reaction for Corliss to have yeah and it doesn't seem to have much of an effect on the rest of the episode so I don't know why they did it but no that's fine uh let me, speaking of well Corliss, let me ask you this why we're oh, yeah. why we just like, like why, why Damon and Viserys's exchange here is fresh in our mind let me ask mm-hmm. you this uh what do you think that Viserys thinks what do you think about what <laughs> Viserys thinks about what Damon and Raina did uh, uh, Rhaenyra did got got married do you think he's oh, supportive of boy. that? Do you think and and do you think that Damon spurring his kind of like feelers for reconciliation in, in how do you think that impacted how he may or may not feel? Uh, so it doesn't change the the heir to be situation, right? Like 
so she is the heir. She still has these kids by Harwin that people are still going to call bastards. Mm-hmm. She could have kids with Damon, but they won't be the heir. Right? No, they're like Jace third still in be the line behind, you know, Jace, Luke, Luke. and uh, Joff. Uh, yeah, so I don't know that like this clears the air on that stuff. So it seems just like an insane thing to do. And I do wonder if he'll suspect that they had something to do with Lenor's death, like the rest of the realm probably will, you know, as they talk about. Uh, in that case, I don't think he... I, I don't know. I'm not sure how much he cares even at this point mm. about that detail because they've got bigger fish to fry and they've already got heirs and the situation is already so messed up. Like adding a daemon to the equation doesn't really change things much in my yeah. mind, but yeah. I, I could be totally wrong. I, the realm has some weird views on things sometimes. Yeah. And the king. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because they, you know, they just kind of do it and we don't get the reaction, uh, the immediate yeah. reaction to that. I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how people interpret that, whether they're under suspicion for, Lanor's death because it does seem like they did a pretty good job of establishing you know uh, they had a loud argument they had a lover's quarrel it, it turned to violence there's witnesses there that you know Damon would didn't do it it was Carl his 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 crazy gay lover so I I yeah, do I wonder the, like if the there more, will be any suspicions I think Allison is the more likely to be super suspicious um, yeah because of what she knew about Damon and Rainier when they when Rainier mm. was a teenager uh, and the lies she she told Allison. God, it's just another it's another horrible thing that Rhaenyra has done in a long line of horrible things in, in Allison's mind. Yeah, totally. And, you know, as much as she has influence over Viserys, which is dwindling, I think, after the stunts in this episode. Uh, yeah, she'll be able to kind of convince him that that's true. But mm. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to listen to her because I'm not sure they're ever going to talk again. He might he might go to his deathbed just never having a real conversation with Allison again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's go over to Rainus and uh, Corliss. She gets him to admit that his desire to define his legacy is what's driving his actions, not desire to see wrong- wrongs righted. Uh, Rainus uses that desire for legacy to try to convince Corliss to leave Driftmark to Bela. Unfortunately, he believes the blood doesn't matter to legacy, only names matter. Uh, yeah, I really like he's probably scene. right. He's probably right. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, the 200 years from now, they will just talk about the Valerians having this, or the Valerians having that. It won't be, you know, there'll be the gossip and all that. And But mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a tale of mushroom, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right. Yeah, he's probably right. to prove any of that stuff. Um, and as long as the people in power insist that it's been done properly and rightly, then who who's to defy them, you know? And if they get defied, well, uh, they're probably all dead anyway, so who cares? <laughs> I do think it's interesting because, like, we began the series with the idea that Rhaenyra and um, Corliss are kind of united in this uh, feeling of spurned, you know, this feeling that they got passed over, these these hurt feelings. But uh, yeah, that's changed. Raina says, and I, I believe her, that, uh, you know, actually, I've gotten over this. It's you're the one. It's your pride and your ambition that's keeping this thing going. And look, it's it's, it's costing us our children. And by God, by the end of this episode, I man, her reaction <laughs> yeah. to finding Lenor yeah. dead is just you wonder whether it's going to uh, uh, drive a wedge in between these two who have so far been like the thickest of, of thieves of married, of married thieves. 
Um, yeah, and quite, quite how possibly. will it affect their loyalties mm-hmm. to which side of the, what family? Yeah, uh, very good questions. I I'm not a hundred percent sure I understand Rainus's side of this because she very much lays the blame here for her children's death on Corliss. And I don't I don't see the direct path. I see a roundabout path of like. Yeah, you got involved with marriage to all these lords who have all their drama and it's getting our kids killed. But like he didn't have anything to do with Lena getting killed. Like as best I can tell there, unless like he was really pushing hard and we never see it. But if he was pushing hard for Damon to marry Lena and knowing kind of Damon's a wild card and but honestly, Damon didn't even have anything to do with her dying. It's, oh, it, seemed, it seemed like, if anything, Lena was the one that was, yeah. um, you know, wanting to couple up with Damon because he's just so fucking awesome. Right. And uh, but Ra- really Rhaenys is laying that blame at Corliss' feet, and I don't think it's deserved in this scene. But what she's saying is, in any other circumstance, our true children would inherit these things. And now we've got these cuckoos that are essentially taking it over. So I think she's talking about costing okay, her so children. In, in, yeah, in the case of dirt, like she year. says, like this is our legacy. You're going to give mm-hmm. this away to bastard children when you've got you know trueborn heirs that still have the Valerian blood coursing through them. And and sure. and also like I think she's echoing what this high priest was saying that like you know we got to keep our bloodline. Like it seems like the sentiment on Driftmark is like Driftmark for Valerians and fuck them fake ass Targaryens, you know. Yeah, it, take, it takes a very precise sword to the the flimsy cover that Corliss has been using yeah. um, to say that he loves his family when really what he wants is this legacy. If he's willing to abandon his bloodline in favor of the name that history will remember, yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty obvious. Um, so she does a great job yeah, poking holes in that. And, and I, I love so her too. just saying, look, we're alone, just speak plainly here. Right. These are bastards, right? None of, yeah. none of these kids are actually ours. I, I don't want I, I want to think that you're not stupid. Can you tell uh-huh. me so I know that? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really good. And also, before we move on, I just want to show like take note how well lit this scene is, which is an interior <laughs> scene in darkness. And you can see the mm-hmm. firelight on people's faces and the candlelight on playing over to things and how everything is like, damn, you know, uh, <laughs> this was a hundred percent artificially shot and it looks great. It looks, it's, it's very recognizably dark, but everything's yeah. Yeah. Complete compared and contrast that yeah. to the previous scene. And this next one, unfortunately we're about to have Rhaenyra and Damon walking on the beach, talking about their romantic relationships, mm-hmm. uh, both the, the living and the dead and the kiss. And then they go to some place on the beach, a little more private. Yeah, have some uh, sand sex. Always yes. fun. Yeah, they're they're banging in the sand. That's terrible. I think this is a shipwreck that they're fucking in. It's like you know when it, like the hull maybe... of the ship turned upside down because it looked like the bones of the mm-hmm. the frame of the ship with maybe some old sails kind of draped over it. So you get and like some a netting, maybe cabana type of uh, private cabana type of effect. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate to find that on the beach. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, beaches beat beat uh, beat. Uh, th- this is a pretty treacherous bay, the Blackwater. Um, so, like, there's no sh- small amount of shipwrecks that would uh, uh, come up on shore. And what the hell are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna dredge every shipwreck off of your beach. I don't know. And you can't use them all to make thrones. You only it's need true. one throne, maybe two. True. If you're building castles, yeah. multiple castles. Yeah, you want to back up one at the uh, at, at Driftmark. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how this filled in a lot of things that people were complaining about, about like, oh, how do we know how people feel about, you know, that there was, uh, you know, there is some genuine love and affection between Lainor and, and Rain, Rain era. Uh, mm-hmm. That they did try, you know, they they weren't just like completely foolish. They did try, and maybe Lainor's got some uh, some clogged up pipes or something. Um, and that you know Harwin, I, I thought it was interesting how she talked about Harwin that she he was quite devoted to her, and her response is I trusted him. So like mm-hmm. I don't think, and I, like I said, I, I don't think there was no love there, but like I think you're supposed to understand that kind of Rhaenyra all this time has kind of in far and far of real love, multidimensional love has kind of only had eyes for Damon and felt very betrayed on the multiple occasions where he kind of got her buttered up and then turned, turned left her like first at the brothel and then uh, at her wedding when, Mm -hmm. you know, he grabs her and looks like he's going to kiss her and take her. And then he just fucks off and has never like, I think you're supposed to understand he's, he's never been seen again in King's Landing. He just went over to Essos with his new bride. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't check on her. Didn't be like, hey, niece, how you doing? Is it rough over here? Just stayed the hell away. And from his perspective, he thought, you know, contrary to what the showrunners were telling us, it wasn't necessarily impotence. It's just like I was trying to protect you, you know, for me. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I, I I thought all that. And then this is all, the you know, and and uh, she said something about you could have spared me from the droll tragedy my life has become. And, and he's like, well, mine's not great either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were happy enough. It's I, I thought this this was a really, really good scene. Um, If you could if you could make out uh, in the in the darkness. <laughs> right. Uh, there's some really good acting and some 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 well-written dialogue here. And then uh, Rhaenyra, you know, making her move. She says, I'm no longer a child. And I'm like, I'm Damon here. Cool. Cool. Are you still my niece? Because that's weird. But no, Damon doesn't care about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Targaryens. And, and then they play the romantic strings like I said in the instant take I'm still grossed out yeah she's no longer a child but she is still his niece and he's still her uncle um, but we're just gonna gloss right over that because the show does too yeah I, I'm not I don't give a fuck about Targaryen incest I'm, I'm, and I'm tired of pretending I'm like the Joker <laughs> on uh, Robert Great. De Niro's you uh, know it's like yeah, whatever set. man yeah. <laughs> sure uh, all right, let's go over to Aemond making his way out to where Vagar is sleeping and trying to ride her. It's touch and go for a bit, but he eventually gets permission to climb on board. Vagar takes off, almost throwing Aemond, but he manages to hang on. And Bela and her sister see this from their window, and they wake Jace to alert him that someone stole Vagar. We'll take a quick break right there. There's still lots of hot D to talk about. We'll be back right after the break. And now back to hot D. Uh, I like seeing the saddle. I, I was I, I was wondering which dragon this was. And as soon as we saw the very ropey seaweed like saddle, I'm like, OK, this is Vagar because I don't recognize dragons by faces. I'm sorry. I, I've got face blindness when it comes to dragons. They all look the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, and I I was excited. And that's that's one of the reasons why when people were writing in about, oh, I was I can't believe we didn't get to see this little girl claim the biggest baddest dragon of all time. It's like really had to bite my tongue because it, you know, you could you can't do that, right? You can't that's show this you can't show the same scene essentially two episodes apart. Um and this is the more important impactful scene. And uh 
Yeah, I thought it was great. Again, it was pretty much how it happened in the book. Um, their location was different and um, like the order of the scuffle happening and, and, and you know, the, the, the girls being there and then the ones that kind of alerted, alerting the boys. But it all kind of it all kind of went down as it went in the book. And I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I really admired the cojones on Amon here. Like he really sells this kid. It's like, I'm going to get on. I'm going to get this dragon or die trying. I'm tired of my brothers and my cousins clowning me and this pig shit. I'm going to redeem myself by getting the biggest, baddest dragon of the land or die trying. And I thought that was I thought it was great. Yeah. And you snooze, you lose, Bela. Yeah. Should have got there first. He's a combination of his Targaryen blood, a smattering of High Valerian, and the patented Chris Pratt, you know, uh, <laughs> sure. Velociraptor training training hand position. You know, he had his yeah. right hand out there, stretched out, hey, hey Doharis, Doharis, I see you, mm-hmm. blue. Uh, blue. Blue hand. Gives him the blue <laughs> he hand. Gave him, gave him the blue hand, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was great. And again, the, the flying stuff, I thought that was really thrilling and exciting. Uh, you know, it's it's very yeah. Harry Potter riding hippograph but uh you know uh, they, they hit all the marks like them trying to fly from them off and how it's kind of scary and terrifying at first but then he gets mastery and now he's doing the slow glide over to sea and vagar's dipping her wings in and it's uh it's really cool but it's just like man man just like everything about the way they animated this dragon like her rising up and shaking off the mm-hmm. the sand and just a, just lumbering like these big f- heavy footsteps and taking to the air. It just yeah, it felt like this kid just threw his legs over seven forty seven. Yeah, and I can almost hear Vagar say, "All right, all right, kid, if you want to do this, we're gonna yeah. do it all the way." And then just right. launching, right? It's great. Yeah. And then those those bird strikes uh, potential were very scary. Very good dodging that stuff um, yeah and then just he's just rat like in the very beginning where she's like doing these dives and loops he's just kind of ragdolling in the saddle he's holding on by the reins mm-hmm. by like his pinkies and uh it it's good it's just it's just badass and you know we we talked a little shit about their shoddy dragon work in the earlier part of the season as far as the riding and the saddles and all that kind of stuff but man they just fucking nailed it here everything came together yeah uh it, it was not bad uh, I, I will say that I don't know if I need to say this, but maybe some people aren't getting this from the scene. But this is like a permanent bond thing, you know, with the dragon. So like the idea that he climbs aboard and takes it for a ride kind of means Bela can't. And that's yeah. why she's so upset in the next scene. Um, and that's why it could be important to whatever conflicts are to come. Right. Um, and why Otto goes yeah actually it was worth getting a dragon trading an eye um it i i struggle to think that this is like entirely positive for them because at the same time that they're gaining a dragon it feels like they're alienating Aegon even more um mm. Aegon doesn't want this uh the throne he's not preparing himself for it and then his brother is like throwing him under the bus mm-hmm. and i I don't know. It feels like he's he is kind of on the dragon scale. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And it is like getting closer to his mother um, than Aegon is. And I feel like Aegon is. It, they don't come right out and say it, but it, it's creating a situation where I could see Aegon getting disillusioned with his family. Hmm. 
And there's already kind of a rift between him and Eamon anyway. He was like the leader of his the the bully squad, you know, the pink. Yeah, the, the pig, pig, the, pink yeah, dread. Yeah, the pink dread. So like there, there could be a surprising split in the greens there. That's mildly interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess that's all you can say there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do see maybe some animosity building. We'll see how that works out. Anyways, uh, Eamon lands Vagar, and he's confronted by Lena and Rhaenyra's children. They're pissed that he stole the dragon that was supposed to be Bela's. Eamon is kicking the shit out of the kids until he calls them bastards, and then Jace pulls a knife, which... You know, he doesn't use to great success, but Luke grabs it and cuts open uh, Eamon's face. And then the Kingsguard shows up and puts an end to the violence. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if they're suggesting that uh, Sir Kristen Cole has done a lot better job of training Allison's boys to fight because Eamon oh, just yeah. handles these kids mm-hmm. like they are and, and until they get lucky with the pocket sand knife combo he's probably going to kill one of them and he's yeah. threatening them with death he's like you're going to die screaming in fire just like your father you bastards um, and he raises a rock like he's going to kill Jaceris and uh, mm-hmm. it's bad um, and then Harold Westerling you know arrives just, just in time to essentially not do a damn thing I, so, like, I mean, a lot of people had questions about, like, why aren't the dragons guarded? I, I think you're supposed to understand that, like, you can't steal a dragon, let alone Vagar. Like, yeah. they, they're not just like, you know, if you're not, if, you know, again, the Targaryens believe that only they can control a dragon. So there's not that many vacant dragon riders. And I'm probably sh- assume if you ask Viserys, he's like, well, yeah, probably... Uh, one of Lena's kids will will claim it. Whoever doesn't have the dragon, uh, Ra- mm-hmm. Raina, well, she'll probably claim it. Oh, is it so Raina? Like that, it's not Bela. Okay, I think Bela's the older one. I could be wrong there. I'm not. I I because I they're so in the books they're supposed to be twins. I don't think that's true in the show. I don't think these children are twins. It looks like one is about two years older. Well, based on what Raina said about uh, Driftmark going to Bela, I think Bela uh-huh. is the older. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. 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 It would be. Raina. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she's just really dismantling the system she's not only skipping the male <laughs> heir she's skipping yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the second born. daughter what do you think about that <laughs> what do you think about that uh, I don't think so but but yeah it's does. like you can't you, you can't you can't like really steal especially maybe you can steal a hatchling you could definitely steal an egg but you can, you're gonna steal Vagar man that's, you know yeah, that's crazy yeah talk. So, so some random dude from Essos is gonna come up on this this fucking giant sky dragon and yeah it's that's uh-huh. gonna happen maybe uh, another and then, dragon rider climbs on board parks Vagar in a dragon garage I yeah 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 and and then the other thing is like the kids. I man, I just can't get mad at a show that first of all, it just happens just like in the books, like the kids like, you know, Eamon got up in the dead of night to do this. Uh, Luke is said he was an early riser and he likes to go fuck with his dragon first thing in the morning because he's got a little dragon of his own and he catches him. And, you know, then he alerts his his uh, his brother and everything kind of happens just like that. It's like the idea that the royal family can get out of bed, you know, if they're supposed to be in bed and like kind of undetected around a highborn's castle. That's not super like I, I don't think anyone thought that there was a threat here. You know, there wouldn't be like right. a high, you know, this is a this is on a high tide, a stronghold of Valerians and the Targaryens. And it's all family. And it's for a few. Like, I really don't think that, you know, mm-hmm. they they were aware that the cousins would try to murder or cousins, nephews would try to murder each other. 
So I yeah. didn't have a problem with that. Um, also, there may be hidden tunnels in this castle as well. You know, I mean, we've be. seen two now that most likely have them, definitely in King's Landing, but perhaps in. Uh, oh boy, what's the strong castle? Oh, Heron Hall. In Heron Hall, yeah, there, there, there almost certainly were some secret tunnels in there for the. I think Heron to Black would but... probably have a couple secret tunnels, and Corliss is a shifty kind of pirate dude. He, he might have some yeah. some uh, back ways, back entrances. So um, who knows? There's a million ways they could have they could have gotten out and snuck out. But yes, kids kids do this. I, I don't know if you were ever a kid, Aaron, but I was, yeah. and I did this stuff. So plus, there's only seven Kingsguard. Like there yeah. are the king, the queen, <laughs> Rhaenyra. Uh, the 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 the, the, prince, yeah, the, the heir. princess. Yeah, you've got three f- princes, four or five, no, six princes and two princesses. Like, there's just not enough to go around. So, yeah, them all getting up in the dead of night when everything was supposed to be all quiet. I don't. And plus, the king's not going to sleep too. You understand, right? There's seven dudes. They they're just people. They're not like immortal thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so like it, he, like at any given time, maybe three, four of them awake on a night watch and this kind maybe 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 just two so or maybe just one because they talk about like you've got the night watch etc so like i yeah i didn't i didn't have a big problem with this this isn't like they're out about in the in in like you know in the open or in some place that they would think that they'd be in danger yeah i mean i didn't think there was much danger when i went into this scene i'm like (laughs) kid fight this is kind of it is almost cute right these kids like but then you know Eamon starts throwing punches on these little girls. I'm like, oh, well, okay, I'm sitting up. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets stabbed in the face. Knives come out. I'm like, all right. That was a yeah, serious Yeah, when, ba- when Bela laid him out, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. But then when he got up and just just gave it right back to yeah. him, I'm like, holy, yeah. And, like, all four of them were on him at one point, and he fought them all off. He's like fucking mm-hmm. Neo in the Burly Brawl against <laughs> Agent Smith. So it's like, sure. he can't be stopped. Totally. All right. Well, if the kid fight was bad, the adult fight is way worse. Uh, when everyone's brought together, it comes out that Eamon called Jace a bastard. Viserys mm-hmm. demands to know where they heard it, and Aegon says, look, everybody knows. Just take a look at him. Allison demands the eye for an eye punishment, but Viserys is unwilling to do it. So Allison rushes Rhaenyra with King's Dagger. Rhaenyra gets cut, but it goes no further after Eamon says, I'm happy with the eye for a dragon exchange. Whew. Is a crazy scene, man. It's very, you know, very reminiscent of King Robert trying to get to the bottom of who bit who and who started what, and the Nemiria versus Jaw versus Arya. Sure, um, fight but it goes from way more from off the season rails. one, but it yeah, because like you know, uh, King of Assyria's silence is not nearly as strong as Bobby B's. Yeah, uh, and you know, like I, that's I just think. Uh, it's funny because like Viserys here has to finally confront the reality of what's in front of him because his grandson, no, not his grandson, his son is like, dad, look, look at them. Look at them. Look at these strong children. And yet he manages to not confront it at the same time, right? It's thrown in his face in front of everyone and yet he still turns a blind eye to it. Yeah, like in the book, he demands them make nice and make expressions of love and fraternity and they do. Um, but here they don't even bother to even they don't like he says all that but Mm -hmm. he turns his back starts to walk away before he enforces it and then his queen draws a dagger and tries to kill his 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 heir his (laughs) his uh 
only born and his heir yeah. and he stills like you know he's got this kind of like weak we're supposed to be family um yeah mm-hmm. it's wild what did you think of sir Kristen cole's behavior here and what did you think that uh, i guess the lord commander thought of it because I, I, think I, I he played everything just right um and the lord commander sees that yeah i kind of feel like that um sir Kristen cole is kind of like Sir Jamie Lannister, where like the other Kingsguard, you know, like you've done something beyond the pale and we're never really going to trust you. But we also mm-hmm. are not the king or queen, so we can't dismiss you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how Sir, you know, Sir Barristan felt about Jamie. It's like, well, yeah. you're technically a king guard, even though you're a fucking king slayer, you piece of shit. And I can't dismiss you because it's not my job. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to keep my eye on you. And I felt like, oh, definitely. Sir He's Harold was like, step out of line. But yeah, like Cole, fuck Cole. You know, like, don't don't don't, don't fucking do it. And, and what does he do if he does make a move here? Like, I again, so, I so think the, the king, only one in this room that yeah, could do anything is the king. And like, I think Sir Harold would try to cut Cole down if he took another step towards the, the princess for sure. Or the princes. He'd have to. Yeah, and Viserys does does say essentially belay that order, right? Like, uh, yeah. w- when Kristen's challenged to go do something about this, cut this child's eye out, uh, Viserys is like, no, don't do that. And even Kristen, I think, knows that this is crazy because, like, when the queen puts yeah. it right to him, he's like, yeah, he's like, are you mine or not? And he's like, well, I am your protector, but this is not really protecting. Yeah. Um, but even then, Sir Kristen does kind of like, I, I like the the... You know, like Damon stepping to him is like, you know, like, son, just don't. He Captain America's him. And uh, gosh, it was super dramatic because when when she said, Kristen, bring me that kid's eye. I'm like, oh, no, this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. so." And, and I'm also like super excited because I want to see him and Harold, whatever his name is, go at it. The Lord sure. Commander. Yeah. I, yeah, I would love to see that fight. It feels like it's a little too early for that fight, though. But that fight's got to come right. They're setting it up. So hard. It's mildly interesting, but I gotta say, I I kind of want to. Yeah, I want to see a lot of these guys square off. Um, I really. This hate is like Sir a Christian mountain Cole. and a viper kind of thing, man. I'm I'm yeah. itching to see them go at it. Yep, yep. But you also see how like Alicent here is. I, I think for the first time you understand. There's a lot of jealousy here because you remember her and Alice or her and Rainier growing up. They all oohed and odd yeah. over pretty princesses and they all dreamed about the, you know, winning the knight's favor. And like they had these fantasies of marrying these good looking and like Rainier has done whatever the hell she's wanted. She's fucked mm-hmm. uh, the good looking Sir Christian Cole, the very handsome Harwin Strong. Uh, Rainier probably thinks she fucked her own uncle. I mean, I mean, Allison did. And Allison gets sold mm-hmm. off to this decrepit crypt keeper. Yeah, this rotting and been carcass stuck of a doing man. this thing. It's like I think there's this naked jealousy on top of oh, all yeah. the other the betrayals and there's this baseline of just like God damn it, you're trampling over everything. There's this line where she's like, "You're trampling over all the duty and sacrifice and honor with your pretty little feet." Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it goes all the way back to there. It goes back to you know Rhaenyra kind of bucking against being told who she can marry right um like trying to sell her off to fucking jason lannister yeah 
And she's like, nah, well, that's not happening. Plus, when she draws the fucking dagger of fate and they show that blade and Rhaenyra looks at it, it's like, I also think you're supposed to understand that she's like, damn, you don't even know the burdens I'm carrying. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. you're talking about duty. And I'm like, I've got this ultimate duty that like maybe I'm not paying strict attention to and I'm not taking very seriously right now. But like, I've got some shit laid on me, too. And look at your cloak of righteousness. And now people see how fucking nuts you are. I. It's a great scene. It's a great Allison scene. Just, just needs a concubine, right? Allison just <laughs> needs to get laid by somebody who actually wants to. She wants to get laid by. Yeah. Sir Kristen Cole probably needs to take one for the team and muddy up his cloak again. Uh, yes. Because. Yeah. Come on, Kristen. Yeah. If she could. And the thing is, is I, I think that what I what I understand by Rainier is I I think. Or I'm sorry, Allison. I don't know why I'm getting this confused. I don't know that why Allison doesn't see that. She could break just as many rules. She could get away with fucking behind oh, yeah. the king's back as long as she's discreet about it. The like, king look doesn't what she doesn't actually gets... care that much about her, right? He's obsessed and, with and look Emma what still. She, looks what she gets away with here. She assaults the <laughs> air. She draws royal blood. She does like she's she she, uh-huh. she she runs it down to her her dad. She's like, I was this, I was that, I was out of control. I was uh and and Otto's like, yeah, all that stuff. So like, and yet she's gonna be forgiven. So a lot of these things are just, you know, um, instead of being morally outraged with Rhaenyra, if she'd be like, hey, so uh, can you show me how these tunnels work so I can go get 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 uh, a little a little on the side, too? And they mm-hmm. could probably just be the best of of slutty pals. Um, but no, R- R- uh, Allison thinks it's got to be the one way and has just suppressed and uh you know, deadened everything inside her that she dreamed about as a little girl because of what she thought her duty and obligations are supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And you see, you know, how Otto pushed her into that. If she had made different decisions when she was a teenager to to not go along with this plan, maybe things turn out differently. You know, if she never goes to Viserys to try and comfort him after Emma's death, her life is a lot different. Um, yeah. Her dad is probably more pissed at her, but boy, yeah. she'd be in a world of a different situation also, I think the other thing that we have to remember in this scene is that Alicent has, I don't know if they specifically say this or if it's something that I picked up on, but they she has cloaked herself in righteousness. Actually, I think mm-hmm. Rhaenyra says it later in the episode. Yeah. Um, she's super invested in that image. I think if she were to just say, you know what, I'm going to live the Rhaenyra life and I'm going to go sleep around and fuck Kristen or whatever, that would be hugely risky for that image. And I don't think she would take that option. So oh, she, yeah, she probably no, feels like she's in I'm, too deep with her own personal image, right? Yeah, I meant like if they did this back when they were still teenagers. To- yeah, right. But like, yeah, totally. at this point, there's been too much. She's she's invested way too much into that, uh, uh, her sacrifice and duty. You know? Yes. She sacrificed her yeah. maidenhood to this decrepit monster. And mm-hmm. <laughs> all she's got <laughs> is a couple janky kids out of it. Well, re- before I also want to point out something else that I noticed on subsequent watches. Yeah. Sir Christian retrieves this Valerian steel dagger and doesn't give it back to either the king or the or the princess. Oh. Interesting. Make anything okay. of that? Do you, do you think that there's um, a change of hands here? And is is that significant? I didn't realize that, but why? I guess we know that blade finds its way out of the royal lineage. But I mean, with what what I think is coming here, like that could happen any number of ways. Yeah. But I guess I guess that could be significant. Hmm. 
Yeah, because like I think the the chain of custody is Littlefinger had it, and then he lost it uh-huh. to Tyrion in a bet, and then Joffrey stole it. Um, I think t- did Tyrion, somebody gave it to um, Robert, and then Joffrey stole it to give it to the cat's paw because he thought he was you know doing his dad's will and, and having Bran killed. So yeah, at some point the Targaryens lose. Of course, they lose everything during the rebellion, <laughs> right? But, uh, that's the thing. Does any of this really matter along the way? Um, I, they're making this dagger be like a big thing. Like if there I is, mean, it's a tar- super I imagine right? if there it's is kills the the Night King or whatever. So if this continues yeah. to be a thing, and they continue to do Targaryen stories. I wonder if this dragon, this this dagger, is going to be like the R two D two of this sequence, sure. where it's just the thing that keeps showing up and kind of gives you continuity between everything. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah with where we cool. know that this heads. So next up, Otto tells Alicent that attacking the king's heir with a dagger is exactly the kind of moxie she needs to play the Game of Thrones. And now they have another dragon. There's still lots of hot D left to talk about. We'll be right back after the break. And now, back to hot D. You know what this scene really reminded me of? Uh Uh-huh. It's the scene in We Own This City. Where John Bernthal gets called into the carpet for the very uh, first time. Yeah, yeah. And he's like gulping, like, oh, God, this is it. This is my career. Jeez, yeah. And they just like end up essentially giving him an attaboy for brutalizing all these c- civilians. Yes. And then he's like, oh, fuck. I-, I thought I was getting away with something or maybe getting like, but now it's just like, I'm- it's okay. I think the exact same things happen with Allison, where. You know, you can tell she's uncomfortable with Laris's, you know, larrying around and she's uncomfortable with her behavior and how she's. But like now her dad's like, oh, this is exactly the kind of shit you need to pull. And then she cozies uh-huh. even further up with Laris. Ah, uh, we just might see Alicent unchained. Uh, oh, I've heard of Alice in chains, but <laughs> uh-huh. now we've got Allison unchained. Hey, yep. that's a joke. That's about 30 years too late. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're right, but th- there's also some danger in this too, right? Because all of the things that Allison says about what a big fuck up this is, Otto agrees are entirely true, and the price yeah. they paid is still going to be a price they pay with a bunch of people talking about it. Allison's lost her damn mind. She's coming at the the air with knives. She's she's losing it, but it's worth the dragon. It's worth it for the dragon. It's a great line too. It's uh. Uh, it, it's pretty much like this. This scene is pretty much straight from the books, even down to Eamon oh. accusing Aegon and Aegon being like, come on, dad. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a fair trade. I'd trade an eye for a dragon. I'd do that, you know, every day of the week. <laughs> you can only do that twice. I hate to tell you, <laughs> you get to Tuesday and you're pretty much but done. If you with could, that. <laughs> if you had more eyes, if you had more eyes, you do you okay, do that trade. Okay. You know, you could trade a few Aegon eyes. You're right. Maybe you stick with one 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 eye for one dragon. Has you lose two? Has there ever been a blind (laughs) dragon rider? I don't know. Well, if they have a psychic link, it shouldn't matter. Uh, The dragon can be their eyes. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, you or maybe you take one from each child, right? You can get is it Helena? I don't know. With one of her eyes, take take that eye, trade that for a dragon. Yeah, you get three dragons in this family. I do say that we, we we actually have a fan, a blind fan whose uh, handle is Dragon Walker. So you could be a blind okay. dragon walker. I don't mm-hmm. know if you could be a, bla- a blind dra- dragon rider. I don't know if, if Dragon yeah. Walker gets a kick out of that or not, but... Uh, <laughs> it's a shout-out, anyway. For sure. I see you over there. 
Oh, I'm taunting her. I'm taunting yeah. her with my sighted eyes. Oh, oh my God. Oh, God. Get me out of here before I get in more trouble, Jim. All right, let's move on. Uh, Lenor returns to find his entire family beaten and bloodied. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy scene uh, when he walks in. Rhaenyra sends away the kids and they talk about the bastard issue. Uh, Lenor recommits himself to Rhaenyra and her children. And we kind of end the scene there. He, he, yeah, the, the scene that he shows up to, man, he's got to just be like, what happened while I was gone? Yeah. Rhaenyra's getting, like- Rhaenyra's getting stitched up. Uh, <laughs> Luke just looks like shit. He's, it's like that, uh, Jace. Yeah, it's like that, um, you know, community scene where Donald Glover goes to get the pizza and he comes back and literally everything is on fire. And sure, he's just staring aghast. I, I thought it was a good line from Rhaenyra where she says uh, he says, oh, I wish I'd been there. And he's like, that should have be our house words. You know, I should have been there. Yeah, because he keeps clever. And it, it's so very much like him coming in for the latest birth. Uh-huh. Where he's like, oh, did I miss everything? Was it hard? Did it was it too much pain? What was the damages? And he's just always uh, a little bit uh, a, a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, and doing the bare minimum, helping her walk up to the queen's chambers. Right? It's like he's there for kind of the easy stuff. Um, his line about Valerian steel cuts clean. Uh, the the maester says that. Unlike the Dornish steel, which cuts jagged as shit, it just like it tears you up. You make yeah, one slip yeah. with the kitchen knife and door, and you're done. You're never yeah. going to heal that wound. Yeah, that surgical steel that the the doctors use nowadays is like a chainsaw compared to Valerian steel. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was funny because he's like, "Oh, the Valerian steel cuts clean, and that's good because I stitch so dirty." I, I I need yeah. If there's any doctors <laughs> out there to want to like give a one to ten for these make, because I just feel like they're doing these big Frankenstein stitches, man. And yeah. This is for the royal family. <laughs> like you're some you're some baseborn bastard in flea bottom. What the hell? Did they just kind of like I don't know? They just super. Oh, they just it. cut I, it off. Yeah, yeah. They just get an amputation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. But I, I do also like. I really like this scene. This is when a few times you see adult Rhaenyra smile openly, like she does did when she was a child. You know. Uh, when Lenor's really like getting down on himself and it's like, I wish I, I hate the gods are making me as they did. And she's like, no, you're an honorable man. You're a good man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's rare. And we, we tried to do our duty while still exploring happiness. And I also like the fact that like, you know, this is again, another dollar, a day late and a dollar short, but like, Hey, I'm with you now. I'm going to do whatever's necessary for the realm. I'm going to make these kids princes. I'm going to be your dutiful husband. I'm done chasing the tail. I don't know if he'll mean if he he would stick to that, you know, three, six months, a year, a couple years down the line. But I think I think he says it and he means it. And it makes Mm -hmm. it makes uh, Rainier really thoughtful about, you know, uh, she's like, you deserve a husband, even fully committed um and I and I thought there was it's, she gets this like kind of like far away look in her eyes when he says you deserve a, a husband and I think she starts doing the math is like even if you do a hundred and ten percent of Lenor it's mm-hmm. still not going to be enough it's still not what I need in this position and she starts instantly thinking Damon yeah no this idea of duty and happiness not being able to mutually exist I think is yeah. is weighing on all of them at this point. Because they thought yeah. they could have it all, right? When they were kids, they were like, yeah, we'll get yeah. married and I'll sleep with who I want to sleep with. You can sleep with who you want to sleep with and yeah. we'll, we'll have heirs and everything will be fine. Nah, no, nah, it's not working out that way. 
Yeah, and the way the way Rainier talks about you know her droll tragedy, it's too bad that Allison can't see into because like man, Rainier has really taken it to the crotch the last couple episodes. You know her her paramour dies and. Um, you know, her dad's really sick and um, the realm's all talking about like, this. It's she's I think like Al, I think Allison sees Rhaenyra as like having it all like like proverbially uh, eating the cake and still possessing the cake. Mm-hmm. But from Rhaenyra's perspective, she's eating a lot of cake, but man, there ain't a lot of cake left. Yeah, uh, she's 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 really giving away the cake, the the, the cake store. Um, yeah, putting that final piece in the freezer for like 15 years from now, and and then she goes back and it's freezer and, burnt. It's just not, mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't didn't keep in the freezer like she thought it would. Power um, went out. You forgot to check it. You forgot to put it in the ice bucket. Yeah, now it's done. Yep, yep. <laughs> right. The cake metaphor has been str- <laughs> yeah. strained and stretched. We need a maester in here to ugly stitch it up. All right, let's move on. On the boat back to King's Landing, Allison tries to talk to Viserys about what happened, but he never wants to talk about it again. Boy, this this whole trip took a lot out of him because we talked about. Yes. Um, and, and the book, uh, yeah, I was rereading it this morning, the relevant passages, and they point out that uh, when they switched to the younger maester, uh, that his his treatment seemed to agree with the king more than the leechings, and the, the king kind of has a bounce back to health. Um but we're seeing the limits of that because I, I feel like this mm-hmm. whole experience just but the daemon, the hostility from the Valerians, the hostility in his own family, like that feels like it just drained him. And he's now kind of like regressed yeah. to three episodes ago where he's kind of near swoon. Um, no, this is this feels like a return to. I mean, these these types of events drain Viserys, you know, uh, yep. when there is conflict, when there is drama within his family, like look back at the the wedding, right? He collapses twice mm-hmm. uh, at Lenor and Rhaenyra's wedding feast. Uh, I, I feel like this is, you know, equally as traumatic, if not more. His wife coming at his daughter with a knife. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's just how he reacts. It takes a lot out of him. But but here, th- this thing is, like Otto says earlier, like in time he will forgive you. What choice does he have? Uh, this is not forgiveness. And I don't know if they're ever going to have an honest conversation again. I he He's looking worse for wear at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And time is not on his side. And this is not forgiveness. This is ignoring the issue. Yeah, which I... Depending on how long, I guess that's the question that I'm having going forward is like, mm-hmm. how much longer does Viserys have? Yeah, he's definitely Will had a, time a return to forgive her. He's, he's definitely had, you know, the 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 younger maester is, uh, came in there, stepped in and seemed like he saved the day and has given him uh, a new lease on life. But by the end of this episode, he's back to looking very weak, very frail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the one place where Otto. How, yeah, so as I was getting at how much time does the king have to forgive yeah. to come to a full forgiveness of Vasir, uh, of, of Alicent? Yeah, no, probably not a ton. Um, I think Otto saying, well, he'll forgive you eventually. It, I think the time has passed for pouring the honey into the king's ear, right? I, I don't know that there's much more that Alicent can do. So losing him, his favor is probably not the biggest deal in the world, right? He's never going to go like take the extra steps of like, disavowing her tongue out banishing her yeah Yeah, putting her head on a spike yeah but she's lost the opportunity to whisper into his ear but it's not a big deal 
I'm not so sure because like the him saying, let's speak no more of it, honestly, is less hot than I thought he'd be the next day. Yeah. Like that's like, yeah. you know, not getting to like, let's OK, let's just like let back bygones. That's pretty huge for like you stabbed my daughter and tried to pluck out one of <laughs> yeah. my grandson's eyes. Uh, but it's forget, not forgive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I don't know that it matters with with no. as little time as he has left with the state of the board. I'm not sure being able to whisper into Viserys ear actually matters at this point. Gotcha. Uh, Rhaenyra and Damon talk briefly. Rhaenyra believes fire is prison and the sea offers an escape. They talk about the different philosophies of Valerian's house versus Targaryen's. On subsequent watches, it's very obvious what's happening here. You know, she's saying the sea is an escape, not a death sentence. So, yes, if, this if is had, the beginning. Know, a close of watch on plan. first one. You'd you'd start kind of like because again, I was caught, caught flat footed at his survival. <laughs> oh yeah. So I think everyone was. Yeah, I wondered. I wondered like if that would be more. You would be more keen to be on it if you were not a book reader, knowing that like you know, thinking that like oh yeah, he gets murdered. The only question is like who, what was the motive and. And who did it? And if it was more than it seemed on the surface, but his survival, uh, Maybe. now that I looked I, at all the different not. ways they coded it and how they mm-hmm. shot, it's like, oh, they murder some random black guy and mm-hmm. we never really see Lane or fall into the fire. We just see an unrecognizable corpse. And like yeah. if you people would cotton onto it before they actually see his shaven head and be like, ah, classic, tar- the- classic Targaryen incognito mode, bald head. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And the, the sort of double entendre way she's speaking, right? Not sexually, but like her words have various meanings depending on what you think she's about to do, kill him or send him off. So. Yeah, it's it's all there. It all tracks, um, which makes it so good on a second watch. But I was not picking up on it on first watch at all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but I think this is this is definitely where she starts to formulate the plan. And I think she has got to feel like she wants to get Lenore out of this. Right. It's not just like, well, I want to be able to marry Damon and we got to get him out of the picture. It's more like I brought this man, this kind-hearted honorable man into this bullshit yeah and i i want to get him out before he just gets destroyed by it yeah i agree and that's why i also was effective as because like as a book reader i'm knowing what was coming i'm like oh my god it's one thing to kill this guy or have damon do it to grease the wheels but like you after this man said he was going to do all this sacrifice and come correct and you've already talked about how uh amazing a guy is um the other reason I, I, that works so well is because that's very Game of Thrones. Yeah. For somebody yeah, yeah, to just yeah. like profess so, I'm on the straight and narrow yeah. now and then off with their I'm head. I'm like, damn, the princess and the queen have just broken fucking bad this episode. <laughs> yeah. They want people to think they have. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go over to Laris. Laris. Laris offers to take Jace's eye if Allison wishes. She doesn't, but she says, hey, I might come calling for a favor at some point, so be ready. But he comes yeah. hobbling up and I'm just like, not now, Laris. Jesus Christ. Did you see? Did you not hear about what happened back there? I'm in no mood. I have we made this comparison of Allison to Cersei yet? Because I really felt that this episode, the way she is sidling up to all these unsavory characters because she feels like she needs political alliances and she needs power. And Mm -hmm. maybe she's not the best judge of character. 
and maybe you know there's the way that she also relies on people that she finds deeply distasteful um yeah i'm I'm really feeling fraught with peril to try and compare anybody directly to anybody else because everybody's gonna jump in and say well she's not like her in this way and that way we're not trying to say she is cersei just in certain aspects I think she's a hell of a lot more sympathetic than Cersei. Oh, yeah. I will say that. And she seems like she's a good deal smarter. She hasn't twisted any cocks yet. So I'm (laughs) any baby cocks yet. So I'm I'm all about Allison, whereas not with Cersei. Yeah. To our to our direct knowledge, Allison hasn't twisted any baby cocks. Fair. Which if you're if you're wondering what the fuck that's from, that's uh, (laughs) apparently that's what uh, Cersei used to do to make uh, Tyrion cry in the crib because she's uh, she's born evil. Turns out Mm -hmm. she's just bad seed. Apparently. Uh, yeah, th- this is where Lyris gives this just psychotic look, right? He's staring off in the middle distance. It's the second time, smile. but then, and the creepy <laughs> sure. ass smile. Oh I my God. The smile. He's, he's, th- there's this movie coming out right now called Smile, where everybody's got this creepy ass uh-huh. smile and then they kill you. Uh, is this effective marketing? Because Might is be? this some cross promotional Warner Brothers shit? Because wow, he looks like he's got a creepy smile that would kill you seven days after you saw it. Yeah. And it's entirely inappropriate in this scenario, which makes it even more unhinged. Right. Yeah, I don't like anything about this guy at this point. Yeah, if you want a prince eye, I'm your servant. I'm your I'm your servant, pal. Lady, I got a, I got a prince eye guy. I can get you one of those. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Got a, whole, a whole team of prince eye guys. He's got no tongue, and he's got a lightning bug on his breast, <laughs> and he'll take he'll take an uh-huh. eye. Believe you right. me. Rhaenyra asked Damon to marry her. Which blindsided me. Holy shit. Uh, despite being Targaryens, they need Lanor to be dead for that to happen. Um, and we're going to get a montage here in a second, which we'll get into. But I, I found this super interesting, this scene, because the way that they're playing with the the things we saw earlier um, with their relationship, Damon and Rhaenyra's, the way they speak to each other, uh, when they're very close and trying to be mm-hmm. intimate, they speak to each other in Valerian. Yeah. Uh, Rhaenyra here starts in Valerian when she's asking him to marry her and Damon responds in English to like shut that mm. shit down like oh well Lenore would have mm. to be dead for that to happen and and I found that dynamic like super interesting I like that detail uh, you know I've long and, gone and it's and also re- a change let me say that from when he goes to Viserys and says well marry Rhaenyra to me right mm-hmm like that, there there was no concern about multiple husbands, multiple wives, none of that stuff. It was all just like, well, yeah, she's she could be married to eighteen people. I could be married to eighteen people. Who cares? Targaryens. Just, just to be clear, are you saying um, are you you're, you're saying that this is showing that there's a disconnect between uh, Damon and uh, Rhaenyra when he refuses to to return the High Valerian call, or is it more of like? No, I think he's like. It's kind of a test of the waters. Like, how serious about this is she by shutting okay. her down with like English? Like, is she so going like, okay, to stop the romance crap? We got a real, you know, uh, re- we got a real issue that we'd have to solve. You're you're married. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You gonna kill somebody? Come on. You know. Right. You gonna you gonna right, pull right. a lady, right, Rhea? No, because I think he's into it. It's just how into it is she? You know, I've uh, long been on record of finding uh, a person calling me daddy in a sexual con- a context a real boner killer. Mm-hmm. I think I might have found one even worse when Rhaenyra says, I need you, uncle. Yeah. Can you fucking imagine <laughs> yeah. someone dropping you the uncle in bed? <laughs> uncle. 
Oh my God. I'm talking full <laughs> retraction. Uh-huh. Like involuntary retraction. What? Yeah. Like a what? turtle head. Like a God turtle. damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no, there's no way to make that. I need you uncle. There's no way there's to make no that sexy. There's no amount of Viagra that could so keep that I, Congratulations going. Targaryens. Just when you, I thought you couldn't put me <laughs> off of your fucking incest. You, fi- you, you, you find a way to keep digging deeper. You finally mm-hmm. found my, but you finally found my yuck level. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Anyway, they also like, man, a subversion of like your expectations when she goes like, hey, we can't get married unless Lainor is dead. Mm-hmm. And she just hits hits him with the I know. Yep. And then the soundtrack starts doing this doom, 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 da, da, doom. Like, oh, my God, she's going to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, really skillfully and- done. And then we get this montage beneath Rhaenyra and Damon's discussion of ruling through fear where Damon goes to Sir Carl, propositions him to kill Lainor. At least we think that's what it is. And then Damon kills a man in high tide, which seems an odd non sequitur. Uh, Carl goes to Lainor and starts a fight. And the next time we see Lainor, his body, his body is apparently burnt to a crisp. Uh, and that's kind of where the montage leaves us for a second. Yeah, I, it's really it's it's it's, 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 it's there's a couple of things interesting in this scene. Uh-huh. Uh, we noticed the last episode out of nowhere, they threw in a little bit of bisexual lighting on Damon. Yes. Him flirting and I thought with that the servant uh-huh. paid off this episode because when he leans into Carl, I thought it was going to be yep. a, a, a seduction. Me too. A Matt, a Matt Smith seduction. Um, yeah. I wonder if they are. Is, is that something? Is did they do that just to set up this? So you're, you're a little bit, a little, a kind of a off, uh, off kilter, or is this just going to be something they kind of keep hinting and leaning into? I don't know. I mean, now that he's found his like true match in Rhaenyra, right? It's always it's clear he's always been hot for Rhaenyra. Is he going <laughs> to seek out other lovers? Will it even matter that if he is bisexual or not? I mean, he's just gonna you got a with... taste for duck and goose, and and you're with the duck. You're just going to give up goose forever. Uh, if the duck is good enough, so the, the duck can be so good it makes up for the lack of goose. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I'd have to talk. I'd have to talk to a goose duck. Uh, eater what what to if see you? If, what uh, if you were they, forty, forty five years old? You've been eating. What if lackluster duck your entire life? It's been like yeah. secondhand duck off the back of a truck. Yeah, yeah. Old dry, dry old, duck, dry dusty duck, and then suddenly mm-hmm. a fresh juice. You have a fresh juicy duck. Oh, it's greasy, cooked it's greasy to perfection, as hell. Mm, crispy skin. Yeah, yeah, stuffed just right. I think you okay. might eat that for the rest of your life. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe. I, I I couldn't say. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about either. Uh, I'm hungry though. I gotta say, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even eat duck. But I, I thought the duck. I thought the um, the voiceover of Rhaenyra and Damon over this whole thing, where you know yes. they're talking about how a king, you know, she, I don't want to be a tyrant. I don't want people to fear me. And mm-hmm. Damon's like, and and you shouldn't be feared alone. You should be loved and respected. But like all those are worth nothing unless deep down the people fear you too. And and uh yeah. you know granting this kind of set him free and i'm like man this is some cold-blooded mm-hmm. fucking smack they're talking this whole and, time yeah until you realize no it's a switcheroo really works in this scene it's, on second watch yeah it's gonna cost them their only remaining child which it does uh-huh. like they feel everything about his death and and, and absence it's just uh it's and they can shame. never say anything to them yeah it's um and, and only will know the truth right and everybody else will think the yeah. worst of us i i mean yeah. that's still true um, 
Yeah, and the idea that she's like listening to Damon and taking his counsel on this, I think is interesting, right? She doesn't want to rule through terror. She starts off with, I don't want to do this plan because it would make everybody think that we were monsters. Right. And I don't want to rule that way. And Damon, over the course of this montage, talks her into it, essentially. Um, or, yeah, or, or does, because uh, I'm, I'm still her, kind of trying to, I'm still trying to th- figure out whether we're supposed to think the realm is going to suspect them, or is the whole plan to leave witnesses to make sure that there is, it's, I guess if they suspect anything, it's got to be the timing only. That like, oh, who, you know, who, because like, I mean, even the book says that there are rumors that Damon was behind this because like, yeah, Sir Carl, he, you know, was a, a baseborn knight and he didn't have any lands and he didn't have any much of prospects and, you know, uh, the, the, the little coin in the pocket never helped. But like, where did that coin come from? And like mm-hmm. the, the chief sus- suspects or this, that and the other. So maybe... Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I, I, unless I'd go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to understand that the realm is going to medium suspect them because that way we're talking about like, where does House Valerian then go down between greens and blacks? Yeah. They think Damon, the prince consort, had a hand in the murder of their son. Yeah. Um, And yet Damon is the father of their children. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a sticky wicket. She was all, Rainus was already kind of riding hard against that. Um, uh-huh. you gotta wonder you gotta wonder yeah uh, but Corliss wants his name it's yeah it's gonna be interesting I, I do think juxtaposing this with the next scene which seems to happen super fast where Rhaenyra and Damon get married is supposed to tell you that they're trying to sort of put that message out there maybe right? that's like, there this is so so it wasn't like hey here's a drawback let's talk about how we can avoid it it's more of like this is a not a bug. This is a feature. And yeah, let's lean, lean into it. it. Let's get married yeah. right freaking there'll now. There'll be nothing to connect us, but there'll be maximum suspicion, and that's yep. the zone we want to be in. You know, exactly. that's where the small folk can can poo-poo it, but, like, the lords and ladies got to take it serious. And, yeah, I can mm-hmm. see that. I can see that. Uh, uh, the I, other thing I do that think that... Eve bet... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's good. I was going to say, I, I did also thought uh, Eve Best just did a tremendous job selling just the not just grief, but rage mm. that she felt that everything that she was worried about happening because of her husband's escapades have come. Yeah. And he tries to comfort her and she just shoves him away. Yeah. And how tragic. Yeah. Like she just like, man, that looks like I don't know what it looks like to lose your kids back to back in these horrific fashions. But I bet it looks something like that because I have completely believed that performance. Yeah. And I like that Corliss is like angry but a little less distraught right because he's already felt like what he wanted the legacy yeah it's like i felt to me especially when i watched this multiple times when he's like how could you let this happen it's almost like one of those things where you point a finger and there's three pointed back at you oh sure because yeah. like you know you know that you know that Rainus is going to be asking that the same thing how did you let this happen to your own house you know how mm-hmm. did you let this happen in my own house like yeah it's Pretty good. Pretty good sequence of scenes. Yeah. You think she uses that leverage to try and get him to acquiesce on uh, giving high tide to, or I guess Driftmark to Bela? I'd be mildly interesting, Jim. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think she presses that issue a little bit more. I don't think she's ready to drop that. Well, all right. After one conversation. Anyway, um, yeah, so we go to the wedding scene where Rhaenyra and Damon are married. Uh, This has... Several implications, like we said, it it 
might make the realm assume that they were uh, in on the death of Lenor. I also guess that Damon and his family are coming back to Westeros, probably to Dragonstone. Yeah. Yep. That would make sense. He's finally got <laughs> Dragonstone, honestly. Sure. Um, I like this. I like the scene. I like the fact that it seems like a very shotgun wedding. Um, uh, I like the fact that they we finally make it through a wedding on Game of Thrones with no one dying. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I like the children just like looking deeply unsure and uncertain about this whole thing, and the the adults are totally in bliss. I like the costuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the ritual the, is cool. I like the it. ritualism of it. I yeah. yeah. I thought this was this was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, symbolically all that that cutting and and blood kissing and drinking and stuff it it's a, a little gross to me but it it makes a lot of sense i thought they would I, the only thing i was surprised when i saw the doing the, the doing all the blood i thought there would be some kind of fire i know i joked about it on the instant take uh, like that they would like pass their hand over the candle like Viserys or something but yeah their words are house or their fire and blood like you know, I thought there'd be a little, some kind of fire part of the ceremony, too, especially when she said, Let, let's burn together. You know, said you yeah, got this damp, gloomy flame. environment that they're kind of the flames are guttering. It feels like but a lot yeah, of blood. Couldn't, couldn't they get them a, a little bit of wildfire, maybe uh, just Something. swish around in your mouth and then light that just, up or have the two dragons breathe fire and mingle their fire together or like oh, mutually yeah. set some kind of like torch Overhead. on fire that so you have okay. the, the two bloods becoming one the two fires becoming one yeah some kind of big brazier that never goes out like the olympics or something right? condal i'm available for consulting call me <laughs> sure <laughs> for that one scene yeah but yeah go punch up your religious i wrote a whole i co-wrote a whole book on Fair. game of thrones religions you know i got i got i got some stuff on my cv call me true all right, um, and then the whole game gets changed, as we understand it. When it turns out that Lenor isn't dead, the body burned up was uh, the man that Damon killed in that weird non sequitur earlier. Uh, Lenor and Carl sneak away on a boat, and that's the end of the episode. Gosh, what does it mean, Jim? What does it mean? What can such a deviation from the canon mean? Uh, that's something I've been thinking about the last day or two. I've got some ideas. Oh, is this I'm a sure- deviation from canon? Well, I mean, as far as I can tell in the books, Laner just dies. Oh, oh, in that way. Okay. He doesn't escape. But, but that's Essos, all rumor. Which... I, I assume that nothing in Fire and Blood is set in stone because it's all hearsay and rumor and secondhand accounts. And that's true. And maybe he just goes to Essos and he just never comes back. But I just think it's interesting that they yeah. leave this piece on the board. OK. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, interesting. Uh, who's going to get the information? Who is equipped? Hmm. Who is equipped to have connections in Essos and desire for power and someone we we they desperately want us to forget about because we haven't seen her in 10 years mm, are you talking about a, a white worm perhaps uh-huh interesting mildly Very interesting interesting even. and i will say i know nothing about that storyline it's true and, and you said he, by canon he's like basically dead so yeah uh i don't know i think that might come back somehow I might, I might do. Uh, that's. I'm kind of debating because I've, I've, I've dug into a little bit about and, and seen if I can make some connections about like maybe that they're they're, they're going to try to zig where you'd think they'd zag as as part of the Maester's Corner. I don't know. I, I don't know how forward looking I want to be on that. But uh, 
But yeah, something that's happening later this week. I assume we're done with the episode. Should I start promoing the feedback? And Yeah, let's do it. Because that's something we do. Uh, hot D at baldmove.com. If you have any feedback, you want to talk about anything we discussed today or uh, your ideas about the series going forward. Uh, hot D at baldmove.com. We'll be considering that stuff on Thursday. Of course, as always, we're going to be inviting Maester Anthony back to talking to Maester's Corner. I haven't quite figured out the subject that I want to talk about, but he's going to deliver a sermon on the Merlin King, which I'm very excited nice. about. Uh, a, a piece of piece of obscure lore I'm particularly passionate about. I can't wait to see what he has to say about that. But finally, yeah, hot D at baldmove.com if you want to get on the feedback. Uh, you can follow us at twitter.com slash baldmove if you want to keep up with our release schedule and what we're doing next and uh, the things we're talking about. And uh, if you want to join us this Sunday for our immediate post-episode discussion, uh, you got to be a club member. You can join at support.baldmove.com and see that instant take live and then participate in the instant talk uh, where we uh, turn the microphone over to you and you can contribute stuff through the YouTube chat and we'll talk about it that night. Support.baldmove.com if you're interested in that. Otherwise, we'll see you for feedback and then uh, Sunday night for the instant take. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.